0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. This is Loreforge, the podcast for Ashes of Creation. This is episode nine, and we are your hosts. I am Jibs, and I'm joined by Cash. Hey, everybody. Hope you're having a great week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it felt like a rubber band. It goes, yeah, here we go. <laughs> and Sonny's here this week.
1: I feel like if I don't start it by saying "Hey, I'm Sunny," that I'm going to be left out of the group next time or something.
0: <laughs> Peace, love, and honey bee. <laughs> That's right. How are you guys doing? Oh, uh, good, buddy. How are you?
1: I am well. Um, I uh, I did some work on the owl. You can see it behind me the the painting that is always in my screen. And man, it is just like. It's it might extend long enough to get to Alpha Two, where I'm still putting little pieces on it, and that could be like a year from now. So we're gonna see whether or not we maybe we should take bets on the over-under painting will be done by Alpha Two.
2: Mm. The Owl Alpha Two coming soon. Soon.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if soon trademark will qualify for Alpha Two. It could be eventually. (laughs) (laughs) When it's ready.
2: Yes, it, it it is pretty cool though, and I think we were just talking about it but in the in our five minute opinion videos, you can see the progression of the owl behind you, and like I always put that logo on right on top of the owl, and then when it fades out, it fades out into your into your creation your paint by numbers. I love it is this magic is this true <laughs> my paint by numbers. <laughs> Um, well uh awesome. JB had
1: a had a huge hand in designing the the logo of the owl and this is sort of my artistic uh, representation of it. But um yeah it's super cool to see that. That's just one of the the magic of of your editing uh, is to be able to see that progression and it, and it really lets you know just like how long I've been taking with this particular painting <laughs> like because some of these videos won't come out for months, you know and uh, and then all of a sudden you see it and and it's also really weird if one of them comes out out of order, and, mm, <laughs> and you're yeah. like, "Wait a minute. did he erase something on the owl?
0: Oh, that's funny. <laughs>
2: Every time I look at it, I think I got to get back to my wood burning because it, it's therapeutic, man. It's nice. You, mean, you, were you were a celebrity. You were a celebrity on the Ashes Twitter with your wood burning. Yeah, you were. That was that was pretty cool. And actually, a, a little fun fact. I know we seem like we're talking about New World a lot, but New World still has that wood burning that I yeah. did <laughs> in the background of their
0: yeah.
2: of their dev videos. It's like right in the background. This little crossed axes. It says New World. Yeah, I did that
0: still that's there cool. wow mm-hmm. that's cool yeah. we call that in the podcasting world limited fame that's right extremely limited <laughs> limited fame <laughs> limited fame. <laughs> oh boy so what have you guys been up to this week what, what have you been doing in gaming so
1: i have been playing a lot of starfield uh starfield has been a lot of fun i've found uh that i've tried to get into smuggling more see the problem with starfield is this like this is this is 15 seconds on starfield I got pirates on one side and I got the military on the other and they don't get along with each other, but I kind of want to play both sides. And so I'm finding that I don't want to take like 60 percent of the quests in the game because it's going to make one side angry. And I just have failure to make a decision on what I should actually do. So that that's my frustration right now in Starfield is that it's it's totally a me problem that I just can't pick a side is is my biggest thing.
0: So you're living like the whole Han Solo lifestyle then, huh?
1: Yes, yes, this is exactly what I want. Now, okay, this one's a blast from the past for you guys. I don't know how big into, like, sim games way back in the day you were, but there was a game called Privateer, and it came out way, way back in the day, like in the 90s. And man, was that the best game ever ever because you could do it all you were just han solo and that was your thing is you were a privateer pick up you know a bounty here pick up a military thing here smuggle something you know just kind of do your thing uh and and that game was the best there was a a spiritual successor to that game that came out a little while ago and i cannot remember the name of it i'll have to look it up but but it was a it was a really good one but privateer man that was a super important part of my gaming
0: childhood i remember that i remember it just i remember the box art it was like a tan box art and had a swooping p for privateer and didn't it have a pirate ship on it
1: uh i don't know that's a great question i don't think i ever saw the box art for any of those
0: games Oh man, that was like my oh. '90s experience or growing up. Like, Rebel Galaxy, Rebel, Rebel Galaxy. Sorry to interrupt Galaxy. you. Rebel Galaxy was the was the game I was thinking of. Go ahead, Jake. Gotcha, gotcha. No, 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 no. You're fine. I was just randomly. Uh, I remember that. That's still some of my fondest memories as a kid, being a, a gamer as a young man, little little boy. Was the uh, all the twenty dollars or less games that you'd find at Walmart that were PC games? Those were some of the best ones.
2: <laughs> yeah, back when you could actually find boxed PC games at at a brick and mortar
0: store. Mm, That is true. Everything's digital Mm. nowadays. Yep. That's how I found
1: Warcraft was literally a box in Best Buy. Um, I was wandering through Best Buy and I found World of Warcraft and it was in a box and it said that you could play it on a Mac and you think about that now, and it's just so foreign to think about like wandering through a place and looking at box art and lo- and picking up games. But it that was the way that they sold games, man. You yeah. you would look at a box and the box would look cool and you'd buy the game. You, you right. didn't have any idea what kind of game, like what the what the insides were actually gonna do, except for the pictures that were on the box.
2: Yeah. Remember when the boxes were like this big? They were huge.
1: Yeah, they were enormous.
2: Yep. And then they shrunk down because obviously the, you know, they went from from large floppy to smaller floppy to compact disc. Yeah.
0: Times. You remember the Starcraft two? the big box? It was like a it was like they all they sold it for years. I don't know, maybe just Indiana thing, but the yep. Starcraft two, like trilogy of something. I don't know what it even was, but it was always such a big, big box randomly. Yes. Like-
1: there was three games
0: in that. That was like, and it was just
1: a big, empty box. <laughs> it was enormous. <laughs> there must have been some sort of psychology with that, right? Because I know exactly what you're talking about with the StarCraft games. It was all three of them, yeah. and it was just a giant box.
2: Yeah. Man, good times. Wow. Here's the hoping for a nice, big, physical collector's edition for Ashes of Creation.
0: Oh, I'll Please, pay. And thank you. 1,000% I'll pay for that. I hope that they do that. You know, I don't know. I think that's something, one of the many things I'm ignorant on of, of what Steven has discussed, because I'm sure he's probably answered that. But, man, there's just something about when a game launches and you have a good just memory there sitting on your shelf or, or you know, somewhere in your home on a on decorative piece. I don't know. But just of like, hey, I have that statue that is from XYZ or I have that steel book plus the map or whatever else, you know, that'd be cool. I'm, I'm looking it up. Mm. JB, what is the last collector's edition thing, physical thing that you got from a game? Oh, does it count as a gift? Sure. Cash gifted me the Morrowind physical collectors back when we were doing the ESO show, the uh, Lore Seeker show, and I still have I still have everything uh, to this day. But truthfully, you know what's the most prized possession out of that entire thing? it's none of that it's his he did a full wood burning of skyrim and i have it kept safe in a a nice little storage area so nothing (laughs) happens to it but the skyrim map yeah that's my favorite thing it's one yeah it's that's my favorite dude i love it oh man yeah back to the the full circle to the wood burning back to the wood burning (laughs) anyway yep cash what you do in gaming in gaming There wasn't a whole lot of
2: gaming this week. There was a lot of video creation. There was a whole lot of cash real life online. Um, work has been nuts this last week. It just seems like every single day there's like something else for one of the works going on. Uh, but when I did have game time, I was uh, I was playing New World. And I think like last night we jumped in and we were playing New World. And it was uh, is a good reminder that the game can be insanely unforgiving if you are not prepared so it was fun it's fun though i like that kind of challenging content
0: yeah i like that too because i feel like in a lot of ways that game can be a good precursor to like the risk versus reward mentality of ashes now obviously ashes is going to be on a different level on basically everything but it's kind of like just a good primer Just to get in and get used to gathering, being able to gather pretty much everything in front of you, you know, just diving in on professions and fishing and whatnot, so. Yeah, having to earn it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I did this week, was it was a whole lot of video, a whole lot of learning and studying video, and a whole lot of New World. (laughs) So, that was about
2: it. Funny we mentioned New World, because... We're about to disparage one of its features. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will get to that eventually, but I have a surprise for you guys before that. Oh, um, well, hang on. Hang on. Before we do that. Before we do that, okay. we, show, we have a show note. So quick note to everyone who's listening right now. We are recording the a few days before the dev update for the world events. So that will actually be covered on our very first live episode, Loreforged Live, next week for or this coming week. Up, uh, No, not upcoming week. What would it be? couple days from now. Anyway, release day, October 4th, is when we're going to be doing it live. So make sure you come enjoy the stream, 8 p.m. EST, twitch.tv slash Sunny. Sonny.
1: You know, as you say that, it's really hard to say, like, in the coming week or after the weekend when you record shows and release them (laughs) like at later points and you don't know when people are listening to it like it's a you just are dropped in a weird point in space time and you can't reference anything
2: you are a professional get the timelines correct (laughs) (laughs) oh exactly
1: okay here we go with kotor check out that thing on reddit uh, I have uh, some time and I like to per- peruse Reddit every now and then looking for things and Ashes of Creation is starting to build an interesting little Reddit community now most of them are just angsty and worried about everything falling apart which is kind of the role of Reddit uh, in the pre-launch phase once the game actually launches you know many 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 moons from now they might uh, have more creative things but right now it's it's usually just a bunch of fear <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of an interesting thing, but sometimes there are little gems in there, and I think that I found one today, and it brings up a really interesting conversation point. So this is from a guy called Ayed I-Y-I-E-D. I have no idea. People with their usernames, right? And he says, picture this, you log into Ashes of Creation, you're greeted with the sound of trumpets, other skillfully played instruments, seeing as you logged on, pardon me, as you had logged off in the town square out of the node you reside in there's a festival going on in the weekend. You look around, see many festivities taking place. Dwarf races, all-you-can-eat buffets at the local tavern, people wearing seasonal armor, a raid getting ready to head out into the mountain range to fight the dragon that's taken hold of the mountain summit during the event. You also notice that you received a letter from one of your friends who just messaged you asking if you were going to be around this weekend. Everything was right in the world of Vera. And then you woke up. And so he goes on and that little primer is actually to make you think of ambient sound and atmosphere. Mm. So he asked a roundabout way of asking this, which I thought, this is a really good question because I think that there are two different types of gamers. Are you a music volume up, enjoy the the cinematic music that comes with a game, or are you a music volume down living in the ambience of whatever they have created for the area type of gamer?
0: That's a good question. It is. I'm,
2: I'm both. I am both. And, and a lot of it is very dependent. I always go back and forth to my options to change all of those things, depending on what I'm doing. Um, and, and, to explain that a little bit. If I'm in Discord with a bunch of friends, our friends are very chatty. They like to chat. So I have to take all that stuff and just use the sliders and turn it all down to about 30 or 25%. But there are times where cutscenes will pop in and I will literally like mute or or leave the chat channel so that I can listen to that stuff. But if I'm gaming by myself, which I'll do. Sometimes I'll just pop into a game and not go into Discord, and I'll just kind of zone out and, and enjoy all that stuff. I turn it all up. All of it. Music, the ambience especially, um, because I, I like to hear all that stuff and really, really get engrossed in it. But at the same point, like, I would say probably 75% I'm in a Discord channel because I'm, I'm very social. <laughs>
0: <laughs> JB? More times than not, the music is way down. And the ambience is cranked. Uh, I didn't used to be that way. Used to, it was everything maxed out. But now I keep the music very, very low. Enough to just kind of have that baseline of ambient uh, tone. Similar to kind of like people listening to the show. But I like to have that ambient cranked all the way up. Because I want to immerse myself as much as humanly possible. What's in front of me. And then have the music kind of complement that. Instead of them, you know, fighting for all the attention and... Now, there's sometimes I just crank it all the way up and turn my fader up, and I'm like, yeah, let's
1: go! Wow, a new what yeah.
0: But, you know, <laughs> it's kind of all over the place. But, yeah, that's kind of how I do it. What about you? Oh,
1: it, okay. So most of the time I'm music off, uh, like all the way off. And it is unfair uh, because I know that some of these games have got fantastic music, and they've spent a lot of time and effort in doing that. So in the first little while, I will keep the music on. But if I've played a game for any period of time, like if I'm used to it at all, then I will take the music completely out and I will just go 100% pure ambient sound. Uh, there are games that we have played where the ambient sound is terrible. Uh, mm. And Swotor was one of them. Mm. Swotor's ambient sound was the worst Ever and I know this because when I made the University of Coruscant, I wanted to go into these places and use the ambient sound, and it was terrible, it was like unusable. Um, and it was because they leaned so heavily into the Star Wars music and the like the big orchestra stuff that they just had going all the time, and so the combination of the two made it pretty okay, but when you pulled one out, it was just oh you just felt like you weren't there at all. Mm. Like it would be dead spaces and you'd have, you'd go into a place that was supposed to, you know, be filled with sound. And it was like here and there, like bits coming in and bits coming out. And I was just like, what is going on here? So in cases like that, I will definitely use uh, music. I'm playing a game right now. This is funny. The Golden Feather, uh, the Golden Feather Tavern podcast. Uh, I'd said that, I was playing this game called Traveler's Rest, which is a tavern building game. It's a fun little game where you run a tavern. And they were just all over that. <laughs> they love to hear that. And that game has got medieval music and all of that stuff. But the sound that they just have in the tavern is fantastic. And so I just like listening to the tavern sound of people, you know, filling up the tavern. And, uh, and if you can get anything even close to that in a game, then that's what I'll do. I'll just have the music off. But I thought this was a really interesting question.
0: Yeah, I agree. Do you think that kind of going back to the whole tavern thing? Do you think that like that that's a communal experience for like for gamers everywhere, the fans of MMOs everywhere? Something special about a tavern, or is that just us? Because it always seems, seems to end up on all our stuff. <laughs>
1: I mean I don't know about you cash but I I would be hard pressed to think of anybody that plays an RPG a role playing game and doesn't have some sort of affinity for a tavern. Like it's where everything starts and ends, right?
2: Yeah, it it absolutely does. not I mean it's that's been the theme of of our show for years now. It's just because we we love that stuff and I'll be honest with you it started with Sonny's Diner like all those all those years back. Sonny where your Swotor show was themed to be in a galactic diner. Which was just super cool, and you had you had people bussing a table in the background, <laughs> but it was, it was very appropriately uh, leveled. But I have always loved to be whisked away to environments like that when we're either playing a game, or talking about a game, or you know we're doing one of our shows. But yeah, I mean, taverns really do seem to be the the center place, the centerpiece, the cornerstone. For a lot of different games and adventures. And I mean, look at a a typical D&D campaign. Where do they start? They all start in a tavern, gathering your party before venturing forth.
1: I I just want to, to make one note here and that I can't take credit for that beautiful ingenious idea of having it in a tavern that directly comes from Taverncast. That was, that was the thing that I pulled when I started my podcast was listening to Taverncast and they had it in a tavern. I'm like, Oh, it's genius. It just makes everyone immediately more relaxed.
0: Mm. Right. It's always, it's so fitting too. I mean, kind of like uh, everything, you know, you just said Sonny and, and Cash as well. It's, there's something about whether it's at the end of the day after adventuring, and I'm this way in MMOs. Oftentimes when I was playing Warcraft, I'd always end up in a tavern. Typically Goldshire, because I always played Alliance and I always loved the Goldshire Tavern, or the ERP. Yeah, uh, what happened on <laughs> Moonguard stays on Moonguard. <laughs> 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 didn't involve me, but anyway.
2: <laughs> the Emerald Dream. <laughs> yeah, that
0: was a dream for a lot of people, I guess. So there's Allegedly, that. it didn't involve you. I was too scared to death trying to figure out why all these naked characters are in here standing around naked.
2: all these half naked night elves
0: so, yep. don't go in any <laughs> of the rooms in that end i'm just saying especially in the basement all right so <laughs> yeah ooh, ooh. anyway uh, for me it's i don't know what it is it's just something about the tavern i find peaceful i find it so fitting for ttrpgs for mmos it's like at the end of the day you can go in there meet friends hang out and with the fact with ashes of creation You know, having those parlor games, just being able to go in there and just chill and know it's an actual thing there that you can do. It's just, oh my gosh, it's like perfect. How amazing
2: would it be for Ashes to have different types of tavern music that played on a loop that you could enjoy when you went into, you know, different taverns in different biomes or uh, different racially uh, themed taverns? And then at some point, a release of said tavern music is put all onto one soundtrack.
0: Oh, I hope they do something like that. The Ruined King—it brings me back to Ruined King from Le- League oh, of Legends. They have the yes. the tavern ambiances, uh, just a whole track or soundtrack for that, and then a soundtrack for the game. Like I, that yes, please. <laughs> yeah, Warcrafts,
2: Warcrafts, uh, the taverns of Azeroth is like always on my playlist, it is phenomenal, yeah, and that's what I want for ashes,
0: oh yeah, absolutely
1: well they've they've done a lot of stuff with the uh, the racial stuff, like the caravans have got racial flares to them, you know, all the the housing and things like that. It would be cool if they extended that to the actual ambient sound of the taverns, sometimes in games, taverns are taverns, right, and you you have to. You have to like pick and choose what you're going to put your energy in and what kind of bandwidth your game has. But if they were able to dial in like a Nakua Tavern versus a, a you know a Vec Tavern or things like that, uh, a Pyre Tavern. Do Pyre have taverns? You got to think they have taverns, right? Uh, oh, they yeah. could sound pretty wildly different. So that would be uh, that would be interesting to be able to do that.
0: Agreed. Especially if it's like So the ambience Like the Dunes and Killed Dwarves That's inside of a mountain And having that ambience And whatever that feels like Versus mm. Tiki bar On the beach Waves rolling in You know Ugh. There has to be Nakua Reggae I, I
2: swear Like <laughs> Bear you if awesome? you're out there I know you're not Wait. listening <laughs> To this podcast But Bear <laughs> This is my call to action The Nakua Need Reggae they need steel drum. Oh, yeah. Ah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. How cool would it be to have a band that's kind of the way that League of Legends did it? And I know I'm bringing them up, but there's we discovered them behind the scenes before we even launched this show months ago. when we realized, oh, my gosh, they have all these soundtracks. Wait, they have a metal band that is based from members. Uh, the members of the band are characters in League of Legends. What? and you realize like oh this is a real thing they went full out with a full soundtrack with a band taken from heroes of the game oh my gosh okay i want that in ashes that'd be awesome
2: i think what we're starting right now is we're starting ashes of creations we're starting intrepid's wall of crazy for them
0: oh yeah we're just gonna
2: start pinning stuff (laughs) on their wall like hey this would be cool
1: That's all we need is the lore Forge wall of crazy and like all the craziest ideas that we come up with we put them on a list somewhere uh that brings me back to Warcraft though Warcraft had that band uh the the insane like horde band that played the, oh, the metal yeah. music yeah, and they would uh, they'd like show up to events, you know, you'd have the the band playing things and it was a big deal, that um, that whole thing. What was the name of that Warcraft band?
2: I forget the name of the band, but they were in uh, there were two different metal bands uh that you could find at the Dark Moon Fair and they would play on this rotating schedule. Uh but they're fantastic.
0: Yeah. I think the one was the Thunderhoops, maybe? I don't know. They were the ones that would always appear at the top of the hour. And then it seemed like at random times, every hour and a half, you'd get this, what was it, the the Undead? Um, it was like in a cave, and I think it had an old question yeah. tied to it.
2: Yeah, that was the second one.
1: There was an Undead guy that was like just doing the, the like heavy metal headbanging thing. The band I was thinking of is Elite Torren Chieftain. That's uh, ah, Toran
2: Chieftains. Yep. It
1: lead to Torrin Chieftain. It was so good. And they were everywhere. Um, they had a band like this in Guild Wars too. There was like there's a there's a plaque in the uh mm-hmm. in the sort of sea pirate uh town that I can't remember. Um but there was a there was like a whole thing there, and you could click on the plaque and it would play different um it would play different uh, different tunes that this guy had written. And I think he like might have been a real person who died. Uh, and it was like an, an homage to him, almost a, a, like a gravesite
2: or something like that. So that was pretty cool. Mm. I think for Ashes, what would be more appropriate would be to have some kind of a traveling minstrel band. That would be more... Oh, yeah. It would be way more like time appropriate, where you just got a bunch of bards and and oh my gosh, there's another wall of crazy. You're welcome, intrepid. Where we're just gonna we're gonna pin this one on there, a traveling minstrel band. Yes, <laughs> that just shows up at different metropoli. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, they're in town. <laughs> they're in town. Oh my gosh. the the, the baker's dozen
1: minstrels are in town. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, everybody
2: gets a buff.
1: We all get free rolls. (laughs) Yep. Anyway, that's KOTOR. So that that has derailed us long enough. But I thought that was a good one. And it really makes you think, like, music or ambience. And then you start thinking about just all the crazy ambience that you could put inside a game like Ashes. So, JB, go ahead and take us into the actual show. (laughs)
0: Okay. Oh, all right. So, folks, being that this is right before a big, big stream, which we can't wait to cover next week on the show... There's something we wanted to talk about it was roundtable discussion and we often talk about this behind the scenes at Loreforge, particularly just when we're sitting in discord hanging out with friends and we're just we end up at some point it always comes back to underwater content and mmorpgs and we thought you know why not bring that on the show and discuss it with the peoples and let hear what they think as well so today what we're going to be talking about is what makes water content memorable and meaningful in an mmo and what can intrepid studios do to add value to this type of content fellows we've seen all kinds of mmos do it well struggle i mean there's there's a lot of room in this department truthfully there's a lot of great reference points in the past from previous mmos but there's a lot of room in this part, uh in this section of content for MMOs. What do you guys think?
1: I'll go ahead and start real quickly, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit it right out of the park with the first swing, and that's Guild Wars 2. Like I've not played a game with underwater content. And I realize that this show is not specifically about underwater content. It's just kind of like about water in general. But as far as MMOs go, I've never played a game that spent more Time developing an underwater mechanic type of situation than Guild Wars 2. You could, it was vertically huge, so deep, you could go all over the place. There were the mechanics worked differently, your weapons worked differently, you got different weapons for it. It was just amazing. It was like, it was probably 40% of the game, and it was a 40% of the game that some people just didn't even do. Uh, and so that's. It's very strange to me, but man, Guild Wars Two. Uh, I'm I have all sorts of other points to bring up, but I'm going to go ahead and send it the cash. But I wanted to start with that because to me, that was the best that any MMO has ever done it. And if and if we could be even close to that, then I'll be super stoked.
2: Oh man, you just tickled it when you throw out Guild Wars Two like right off the bat, and then like transition to me. That's just tickling a little bit because <laughs> I mean that that truly is. The pinnacle of water content for for me and most likely us. Um, Guild Wars 2 did they totally did nail it. They had when you went underwater for for one, your skill bar changed to underwater weapons immediately. And that to me was just so freaking cool. Every character, you had a, a slot on your on your paper doll where you were able to add. A, an underwater device now granted that game was a lot more steampunk than other fantasy games are going to be there was a lot more of that steampunk element in there where there was um you know like more modern inventions and stuff and it wasn't so hardcore medieval fantasy so i don't see that happening in ashes but i really did love that um the second one that i'm going to mention since we're talking the ones that we've liked so far for me, is going to be World of Warcraft. Um, I don't think that, like, they didn't have any different mechanics or anything like that unless you were on a special quest or it was an actual, like, a special zone where Guild Wars 2 had it full-time. If you were underwater, you had these additional elements to your gameplay. But with World of Warcraft, the thing that I loved so much was was the scale alone in World of Warcraft when you were underwater it really did make you feel like the the oceans were massive. Um, they probably could have spread it out a little more, where there were more discoverables and stuff underwater. Um, you know, like underwater harvesting nodes and stuff like that could have been a little bit more underwater treasure. But there still was a really good element of exploration and that is that was very very important to me with underwater content and just again i just don't think any other game has done it any better especially the underwater exploration you could go underwater for minutes upon minutes upon minutes before you discovered like this new cave system where and it leads to some amazing stuff or the game was so vertical that you would be you know, up in the trees or up on some cliff somewhere, and you're like, ooh, I'm going to cliff dive this waterfall. That looks good. And you cliff dive this waterfall, and you're in an entirely different biome at that point. And you're like, what? And there's freaking frog NPCs and stuff, like, all (laughs) over the place. And you're like, what in the hell just happened? Like, this game is insane. So for water content, like, absolutely a 1,000%, my number one is Guild Wars 2, and my number two is going to be World of Warcraft.
0: Hmm. Dang. I don't really feel like I can top that or I mean that, that was pretty spot on I mean for, from a best that I've experienced I wish I could say I remember Age because I know that that is something that Intrepid is pulling on a lot uh, from even reference points we talk about it for the game you know so I do remember there being shipbuilding and at the time I was too young to really invest myself properly in that MMO when it launched and I just remember that that was definitely a thing, and you know, being able to be out in the ocean. And but from what I have experienced since then, definitely Guild Wars Two is is the pinnacle. the The level of exploration and true unknown was felt in that game. I know that oftentimes that was a reoccurring theme for us when we were playing Guild Wars Two was just discovery, and the fact that they did something like that in the in the um, Underwater space was amazing. And I loved how, again, you know, you're talking about abilities changing. And and that was absolutely immersive. I loved that. I loved that. And I always thought it was so cool, especially when you're trying to figure out what this... <laughs> I don't think it was like anyone else, but trying to figure out what the spear gun does and when I need to use it and when I shouldn't use it. Am I just spamming all the buttons? Yes, that was me. You know, just trying to not die. (laughs) You know, so like it was was, me. That was me, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was it was so common. So it's just very, very. It was amazing. It felt like there was a whole game within a game in Guild Wars 2. And if there was ever a reason to go play it simply just for the underwater content, you go check that out because that was awesome. It's research. It is research. Everything leading up to Ashes is research. research. Us playing New World, us playing, well, I mean, we were playing Warcraft, Guild Wars I mean, all of it, really. I think that there are some games that I wish I could have seen more from in the past. And I honestly think it probably was a engine issue. I know that SwoTOR and ESO, both games that were very dear to us, that both ran off the same engine, the hero engine. And truthfully in both of those they both had pretty much the same style of underwater. You would you would the uh, I believe unless I'm forgetting something, you'd basically just be able to run through the water and that was it. Now there were some amazing locales in those games. Amazing. But I just couldn't immerse myself like I wanted to in that regard. You could swim on top of the water in ESO. That's right.
2: That's right. Just not under it. Swotor you could wade your ankles through the water because that's the <laughs> deepest water in all of the galaxy. <laughs> apparently it was only ankle deep, which we know is BS because of, because of uh, our beloved Jar Jar episode of the movies. Um, they were obviously underwater when they went to the home of the gun guns. So yeah, we know it's a thing in star Wars and uh, apparently uh, Bioware um uh, I don't know, I have some pretty choice words I could say about, <laughs> about how they developed the water content because it was a big freaking deal to me when it came out. It is such a huge thing in exploration. And that game, I was already upset with it because it was on Rails anyway. Well, you are you're eliminating an entire biome in a game by not allowing there to be some type of underwater content and it, it just became a joke like running through the water and getting your ankles wet just became a freaking joke in SWAT tour yeah,
0: yeah. i mean Camino Camino yeah <laughs> yeah come on yeah you know that was an yeah. expansion i think i honestly don't know if they ever actually let you go in the water in that but yeah that was a thing but you know what happens i mean it's it, right. it, it, it's there's an
2: there's an entire life cycle that happens on Kamino and even you know even underwater in Naboo where where are dum Jar Jar lived, you know <laughs> yes I'm not a fan of Jar Jar in
0: uh, case you haven't noticed really go on <laughs> we <went>
2: super weird
0: <laughs> wait there's more
2: no that's a whole other Oprah
0: show oh <laughs> uh, that could be a state of the hell oh goodness So speaking in regards to Ashes of Creation, whenever you guys think of memorable water content, what makes, I guess in that same sentence, so what to you makes water content memorable? Like what stands out? I think you should go first. I honestly do because Sonny and I are going to crush
2: this thing and I want to hear your thoughts on this first. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Can you sense some angst?
0: (laughs) Can you sense the pleading that's coming from us to Intrepid? I think for me, whenever I look at Intrepid with Ashes of Creation and kind of consider what water content really stands out as memorable to me, it's when you take the entire world that has, and I'm going to audio, heads up, going to audio. When you take the entire world that has a feel, so it could be the Riverlands. I'm sitting there. I'm watching my cape majestically waft in the wind. There's some great ambience going on. That cloak is wrapping. Oh, it's so majestic. (laughs) You know, just all the things, right? When I go underwater, I want to hear that transition. You know how it sounds whenever you know, like everything just kind of changes. The way you hear things changes. That to me, how was it again? (laughs) so you know got got it one (laughs) two for two so you know I uh for me that's kind of where I really want to see it knocked out of the park something that's memorable is change my entire normal experience in the game to make it something that's completely different but adds to it and is immersive at the same time and I think you find that in sound how about splashing water on the screen oh yeah Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Who
1: doesn't love the little water droplets, right? The yeah, little, little cinematic water droplets. Oh, there's water in my screen. Look at yeah. that.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Gosh, that's always a win.
1: All right, Cash. The ball is on the tee.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't you bring golf into this? Cause then I'm really going to get mad. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, I, I have I have a few here, and I don't mean to you know steal any from anybody else, but um, there there are quite a few things that I think. Number one, I love that I've seen in other games. And number two, that I hope Intrepid would consider adding into swimming and underwater content. So the first one for me is just very simple, low hanging fruit, but swimming animations. Something night, which I know they already have and they're improving upon. Something very fluid, something that actually looks like you're swimming. Maybe your character can even change from like an overhand stroke to a side stroke, or like when he maybe gets underwater, and the animation changes to like more of a full body, like frog movement, you know, where you're you're cyclically moving your your legs in a frog motion. <laughs> um, that that animation, so animations, I think is is very very important. The second one I kind of hit on when I was talking about uh, World of Warcrafts and Guild Wars is that underwater exploration. You want to be able to feel that your sense of scale when you are underwater is massive and when you look at the ratio of the water area to actual like geographic ground area in the map of vera it is a majority of water so that is you will be losing so much of your potential for content if you don't have water and underwater content be part of what you're building um Along with that comes things like underwater discoverables, treasures that you can find, uh, things that you can, things that are only available to be harvested in the water. And that's not including fish because fishing is a whole other thing. And I know that Intrepid is paying very, very special attention to different species of spit of fish and such so that we can fish them up. But to be able to see those different species of fish when you're underwater perhaps maybe, um, like clamshells or, you know, like treasure containers or something like that, that can be found underwater, I think would, would be a really, really cool thing. Like underwater cave systems would be just amazing. Combat would be really cool underwater. I don't know if that's going to be a thing in ashes, but underwater combat, I think is, it's a very real thing. Like if you get into a, struggling match or you get into a match with something under the water like a, an alligator or something like that you're going to have to fend it off a shark, boop, pop it on the nose something, there's got to be some kind of content <laughs> going on with, with combat um, an, another thing is what if they were to take swimming and make it like a buildable skill so the more you spend mm. in the water, the faster you get. They don't ha- these don't have to be like incredibly, you know, super fast or big giant chunk increments, but maybe you get 15 or 20% increased swimming speed over time as you accrue experience in the water. Oh man. Little swimming progression tree? Yes. What about This kind of brings us to to racial abilities, but Wouldn't you think the Nakua being an aquatic race by the sea, spending a lot of time by the ocean, wouldn't you think that they should probably swim a little faster or maybe have a little bit better lung capacity? So because, you know, they're free diving, right? So I don't know. Maybe it's Walla Crazy. Maybe I'm the crazy one, you guys. But I'm just throwing these little things out there because you never know who grab onto one of them. Didn't Warcraft, weren't if you were like a night elf, you
1: swam differently? Didn't you s- swim differently than the other races, they, just with the animations?
2: I think the animations definitely were different. There was no advantage. No. There's no racial advantage to that, un, unless you're a druid. If you're a druid, obviously, and you switch into your aquatic form, then you, oh, you swam right. faster than everybody else. But. Um. No, nothing else racial that I knew of from I'm that. I'm
1: just thinking, like, in my mind of, like, the Nakua, like, free diving and going deep with this fluid motion. And then a Dunes and Kill Dwarf just, like, being
2: thrown in like a boulder.
0: <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> just trying
1: desperately to, to stay above the water.
2: Yeah, they get, they, they innately, the Dunes and Kill, or the uh, Dunir will innately get um, wine barrels. As soon as they touch water, they end up in a wine barrel somehow. Just bobbing <laughs> along in a barrel
1: because they can't swim. Yeah. I don't swim. <laughs> uh, oh, see, so that's there. You go. That's Wallet crazy. Absolutely. Oh <laughs> yeah. and Kill in a wine barrel. Oh man, <clears throat> there'd be some inter-dwarf uh, heckling going on there for sure. Um. I agree with what you're saying. I I think that that underwater feel and a lot of what JB was saying too, with sound design, it's, it's so important. I think that before I even get into my point, I want the water to feel oppressive and dangerous because that's where I think it has the most benefit that once you, once you bloop into the water that you are, you can't live down there. Like, You're breathing, and if there's enemies that are going to try to drag you further in or make it, that gives me anxiety. (laughs) You know, that gives me one of those things like, I got to get out of the water, I got to get out of the water, (laughs) like I'm running out of breath. And the sound, you know, that oppressive sound with the no treble type of situation makes it even more, you know, maybe your screen starts to black in or things like that. Uh, You are
2: definitely from the Midwest. (laughs) Yes, (laughs)
1: there's no doubt okay so what i'm going to talk about is not under the water i'm going to talk about above the water um because i grew up sailing and i have an intense love for games that have top of the water mechanics especially with boats and sails and stuff and i'm not talking about that like online regatta game that i (laughs) that i played uh (laughs) that one time and showed you guys little sailboat racing game and it's like probably about 16 pixels. <laughs> yeah, it looked like it looked like Minecraft sailing, but it was great. Uh, it was uh, it was awesome. And um, the more in depth you can have that with your with your boats. Here's a wall of crazy idea. Wind direction while you're on the water. If there was wind direction and you were sailing and you had to, like you couldn't go directly into the wind, you had to go, you know, cross the wind like you normally would in a sailboat. None of these boats are going to have motors, right? this That's not the timeline that we are engaging in. And so if you had to actually sail your boat like a sailboat to get somewhere, that would be amazing. And then you get different better boats. You could build better, faster sailboats, things like that. You could even end up in like pvp type of combat i know that that we're going to get into a whole different show when it comes to naval combat and we really don't know much of anything about that maybe that's exactly what they're going with but that would be super cool and the other top of water thing for me is fishing we cannot not talk about fishing fishing in mmos is weirdly one of the most beloved things in all of mmos and always has been and I don't have any good explanation for it, but I know very, very few gamers that don't love fishing in MMOs. And they will have strong opinions on which games had better fishing. And, and if a new game comes along and it has good fishing, New World had great fishing, right? New World had really cool fishing mechanics, and people are legit stoked about it. Yeah, <laughs> it is well, I, crazy. Oh
2: yeah. I'll tell you what, I hope you don't drop your damn fishing pole in the water in New World. There's going to be a problem because, okay, we'll just cover it real quick and we get back to fishing. In New World, if you haven't played it, when you're in the water and it goes over your head, it makes it appear like you have freaking pockets full of rocks because that's all you're doing <laughs> is walking on the bottom of the water. It doesn't matter if you have heavy armor, light armor, medium armor. You are walking underwater, and if you can't get to the other side where your little head pops up above the level of the water, you, you're going to die. You're gonna die. It's yeah. the most terrible system of water for having some of the most beautiful water in the in in gaming. Period. It is the most terrible water system. That's it. Rant off. I'm making it short. Thirty seconds. Sunny. Back to fishing. Go.
1: Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like you're like one of those like 1800s divers with a iron suit on. I mean, it just is so nuts to me that you could have a game that, that did such a good job with fishing and such a terrible job with everything else to do with the water. And you're right. Like, I've died uh, in the water. And you're, like, right near the shore. You're just like, go! Yeah. <laughs> Come on! You're so close! Oh, man. I Trying like, to
2: pop a potion.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: Just Yeah, you're, you're like eating eating bread as you're trying to get to the shoreline. Uh, it's terrible. It's just, it it's categorically the worst.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that, it's got to oh. be an expansion. They have to fix that in some kind of an expansion at some time in the future because it is absolutely the worst horrendous water content
0: out there. I think the only way they I, get past that is if they put that on April Fool's and it oh actually is a goodness. real thing. Don't oh put goodness. that as an expansion.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine. Like, the, the opinions that we have on New World's water system are just, like, oh my gosh. intense. Intense feelings going on there. The, okay, so the, one of the last things with, with fishing is that the fishing, weirdly enough, doesn't even have to be good. Look at Warcraft's fishing, right? Uh, it, the fishing itself was terrible. You cast in, fish would hit it, you'd click on it, you got the fish, right? That was it. There was nothing else to it. But they made it cool by getting different fish in different places. They had fishing contests. They had different poles and stuff that would let you get better fishing. They used the fish in different important things. So, like, it's, it's, it's not hard to please us with this kind of thing. And there's a million ways to do it. You just have to put a little bit of effort into it. And we are going to be very very happy and honest to god as far as bang for your buck goes like if you spend a little time and make a cool fishing mini game out of it mmo players are going to love you to death because one of the things that we do in mmos and i know not everybody plays like this and you may call us filthy casuals but like sometimes i just like to go into a place and go somewhere that no one else is and just fish and chill out and forget my real job and forget what I'm doing in my real life. And I just want to do it. Music down, ambience up, fishing, that's it. And 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 it's it's just like that in every game, you know? And so if you can make the water look pretty, Unreal Engine 5, this is not going to be hard, right? You can make the water look pretty. It's going to look gorgeous. It's going to have like reflections on it. And it's going to have all sorts of cool stuff. Nakua Beach sounds. Man, if I could sit on the end of a pier... And just fish and listen to the sounds of the ocean that would be amazing.
2: <laughs> do you imagine going for a swim and you have that underwater ambience and then you surface on the beach this i'm setting the scene here, everybody like just just close your eyes. let me do it. Just go with it. You come out of the water and you're walking on this white sand beach in this in this nakua node right, and it goes from that. Water ambient sound in your ears, where you really can't hear anything, and it just, Psh! and then you hear steel drums, and you're like, oh, there's a tavern right there. This is a perfect place for me to dry off. And you just walk up the beach, and there's Nukuans in there just doing their thing. Welcome, Welcome to my
1: village. village. <laughs> <laughs> Selling a blackened
2: grouper right off the stick to you, oh. yeah. or you sell what you just what you just spearfished. <gasps> Spearfishing, wala crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so before we move into kind of the final wrap-up of today sonny there was a quick note i wanted to let you know and i know we're not going to dive into naval too much but i just wanted to say this winds will influence the speed and direction that ships travel on the yes! open sea and ask creation Per, i love great it success. lex and the team over at the wiki
1: Thanks, Lex. <laughs> Steven said it on the way to the bathroom in nineteen
0: ninety-seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the wiki. Oh man, it was a th- three. a.m. on an extra life stream. I caught him passing th- while I was dipping his nachos no. and cheese.
2: <laughs> he's on it he's on his way to the potty in the in the office, and you just you just hear in the background, he's like, by the way, Ed Wind. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh man, that's and, so good. Can you see Lex's face just pop around the corner? Noted! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, all right, fellas. So, elevator pitch time. You're in an elevator pitch with Stephen Sharif. Sorry, Stephen. Your name just came up, so I'm gonna use it. What can Intrepid do to make water content memorable and meaningful in Ashes of Creation?
1: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's fishing. It's gonna be fishing for me. Fishing. Uh, I want you to spend some time. I want you to get fishing to be something really fun. I want you to be. I want you to be able to take the the the. The creative ways to become a better fisher person. And I want there. I want to be able to fish different ways in different places. Who knows? Maybe you could like fly fish in certain places, and like bobber fish, and and you know different lures, things like that. But spend some time. This is an MMO for God's sakes. People love fishing, so spend some time on the fishing. And if you can make that an awesome thing, and then translate that fishing, the products into craftable things, then oh, uh, then I would be a super stoked dude. I'd fish all day.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's good. I'm setting the scene. I'm setting the scene. Okay?
1: Oh, we're doing this again?
2: <laughs> yep, setting the <laughs> okay. scene. The elevator door is open. Steven walks in. It's by himself. <laughs> nobody else is around him. Not even a secretary. Nobody. Nobody. It's just, it's just me and him. Is Lex around taking notes? Are you <laughs> just happen to be there? To Lex. I'll send the notes to Lex. Okay. <laughs> elevator door is open. The glorious Steven Sharif walks in. Elevator door is closed. If you picture Tommy Boy where they're like
1: <laughs> he's right there yeah so exactly
2: i turn around and i go <laughs> hi Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> my name is cash i have some notes for you about water content in ashes of creation i know that you're already well on the way but i just want you to know these are the things that i think can be really 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 really, really make it great okay underwater exploration really good animations I want to hear ambient sounds when I'm underwater. I want to be able to have combat when I'm underwater. And then I want there to be like a whole lot of scale. I want it to seem really, really big. And then when I get out of the water, I want those little particles to be on the screen. Can you do all of that? <laughs> and Steven's going to look at me. He's going to tilt his head. He's going to be like, I got you, boo. I got you. <laughs> and then the doors open and Stephen walks out and then they close and then I faint because I've had. And then c-
1: Stephen goes to the secretary and says, <laughs> Call security. Can we get like
2: elevator security. <laughs> <laughs> Call security because Uh-oh. there is a freaking weirdo in the elevator. And why did nobody get him out before I got in there? <laughs>
0: uh, I'm taking the stairs. Oh <laughs> no, my God. How so, did you even get in there? Sounds like the elevator pitch, and my head instantly went to Tommy Boy when he's sitting there with the car and he's going, Wee, wee, Yeah, the <laughs> well, pulls up and it's a ball of fire. Oh my God. What a humanity. And you guys in
2: the back puking his guts out. We <clears throat> <laughs> uh, are five years oh, old. Man, so oh, man, that's <laughs> so good.
0: Oh, for me, it's real simple. Anything that's awesome and underwater and immersive, I'm all in, man just have fun with it make it awesome and make a, make a make every other MMO take count whenever they think of what they need to bring in their MMO because of what you put in yours and that's it <laughs> just make it great that's it man yep. that seems easy enough just be the best there ever was just... <laughs> yep make water content make... great again please <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness fellas well this was fun oh man oh man Uh, Well, everyone, thank you so, so much for tuning into the episode here. This was Loreforged episode nine. And don't forget next week, Loreforged live begins. We're pushing the button and the button never shuts off. (laughs) So it's October 4th, 8 p.m. EST, twitch.tv slash HQ. Tell a friend, tell your family, tell your dad. Your dad wants to see it. He doesn't know yet. So, uh, or your mom, whoever, whoever, grandma. So anyway, thanks so much for tuning in.
1: Do you have a pen pal? Do you have a pen pal? Yeah. You can send it to?
0: Oh, that's old school. Oh yeah. Man, that was awesome. In elementary school, fifth grade, writing a letter. Anyway, thank you so much everyone for tuning in. If you love this show, we want to hear from you. Tell us how we're doing, how we can improve. You love us, you hate us. Whatever you feel, let us know every review that you give tells other gamers just like you whether or not this show is for them and we sure do appreciate it sonny you can check out all the links to all of the stuff that we do at
1: loreforge.com, which includes youtube go check out our enormous youtube channel at youtube.com slash at loreforged you can also find us at twitch And again, like J.B. said, now we'll be doing our shows live on Twitch. That's at twitch.tv slash loreforgedhq. And finally, Patreon. If you'd like to join our Patreon, that would be awesome because you get all of our stuff early, plus the State of the Owl, which is our special sort of behind-the-scenes, let-it-all-loose type of extra podcast. Cash.
2: Don't forget, you can call us. Get a hold of us. Leave us some funny stuff. About a minute or less if you want to give us a call, and we just might use it on the show. We most likely will. So call us. <laughs> 516-875-1776. Like I said, try and keep it about a minute or less. You can email us at loreforgedhq at gmail.com. If you are on the X, you can catch Jibs at Jibs IRL, myself at Cash Quests, and Sunny at UofCora.com. Why do I always jack it up? I don't know. It's like you, you, uh, is Star Wars new to you? Oh, dear.
1: (laughs) Are you you big on that? (laughs) You can get sunny at you of Coruscant.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's you of Coruscant. Good job, Cash. Way to derail the show right at the end. Anyway, friends, (laughs) most importantly, don't forget to follow the show on X at Loreforged HQ. Now, extra lifers and non-extra lifers Hey, put it this way, if you like kids and like to help (laughs) the ones that are struggling with uh, sickness and injury, you can join us on game day for Extra Life November 4th. We're going to be doing something very, 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 very fun and special, and you can show up if you want to watch us completely beside ourselves and probably screwing things up over and over and over again. So, I don't know, is that another? That's another hint. Two weeks in a row? Two hints? Gather your party before venturing forth.
0: Da, da, da. Friends.
2: Boop, ba, ba, See boop. you in
0: the tavern. Maybe next
2: week we're going to release exactly what we're doing. We How's that? to give them a week to simmer? <laughs> yeah.
0: That'll work. We'll All do right. it on the live show. On the live show on Twitch. There we yeah. go. There we go. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in. We love you. Thanks for pushing play. Have a great week in gaming. Take care. Peace, love, and honeybees. Safe travels,
2: adventurers.